Automatically, Intel Corp, INTC. The other part of the screen was market caps above 300. And I know some people listen in for our small cap thoughts, and you know maybe we'll get back to that next week. Uh, but this is a big cap, obviously 121 billion. There's 49 analysts covering this mo, so I don't even know where they get that many people. But we're not going to add a lot of new insight uh, into this. But here's the stats. It's 4.8 times EBITDA. So that means EBITDA as a cash flow measure divided by enterprise value, which would be the, uh, the cash price we'd all have to pay to own this thing. I can look at it sort of like a yield. So five times would be 20%. 4.8 times is probably, I don't know, honestly, 22%, something like that. Pretty freaking good. So that's what attracts me. And then I look at the uh, returns. They're putting up, you know, last couple years, upper teens returns on assets. They use a little bit of leverage, mid-20s, upper 20s return on equity. And then the other quick look for me is EBITDA margin, just telling me how proprietary it is uh, what they're doing. And it's 40%. And that's up from, you know, 38, 35, five years ago. So... You know, these guys, they're down from 2010. They were at 46. But that was up from 31 the prior year, so something unusual happened. They're sitting at 43, which is uh, pretty amazing. And it's, uh, as I said, five times EBITDA, 10 times PE. And, you know, I don't know what this means. Does this mean that they're about to lose the chips and the uh, Windows machines, even more shared AMD? Does it mean Apple's going to drop them in the Mac? Does it mean people believe there's a general slowdown in technology? It, it could mean all those things. So who knows? you got to go figure this out. But Intel is such a stalwart in terms of market share of semiconductors that uh, my, and they spend more R&D than nearly the entire rest of the industry. And so you got to think that they're going to continue to be involved and it's cheap as hell. That's my uh, quick and dirty analysis. Well, you know, I, I, I just throw in a couple of observations. One, um, if I was going to go further with this, I would want to take a look at their unit sales in each of the last bunch of years. Because if you look at the if you look at the uh, revenues of the company, you know, 38, 37, 35, 43, 53, 54, sales are creeping up, but are they under a lot of price pressure? Are unit sales really going through the roof and at some point they're going to hit a wall? And um, I don't know, but I, I would want to at least look at that because when I see sales like that, I just wonder is there some underlying, something on mission? mission. Yeah. A lot of sales pressure. From a technical standpoint, if you just take your iPhone and uh, connect the lower Every time the stock is uh, bounced as it's been progressively moving upward, you just connect them all. You get a pretty clear trend, and the stock is about to bounce off that trend again. So it's interesting. It looks kind of technically attractive, but I have a big picture question for you because you look at this more than I do. Um, is the laptop dead, and do these guys go down with the ship when the laptop dies and we move to a tablet world and a... Kindle world and all that, and is there any big structural issue to keep your eyes open for? I think you're hitting it right on, Mo. I think the concern is, is that exactly that. And so the reason you might sell at five times EBITDA, I mean, remember, to, to have five times EBITDA be a fair deal, you have to start out thinking you're going to get 
five times, you're going to get EBITDA for five years. If EBITDA starts to go down a lot, you're never going to get the five years of current EBITDA and you haven't made a good purchase. So I think that's the crux of it. Um, you know, we have all these devices, and I will say that um, the tablet has its place. I think when you add a keyboard to a tablet, you know, you have kind of a very small, light, skinny laptop. I mean, when I look at my, uh, you know, my MacBook Air, or I look at a tablet with a attachable, you know, Logitech keyboard, the difference is one's smaller and lighter and has a longer battery life. Um, I think we're all heading the same place, and the question that I would piggyback on yours simply is, if you're right, can Intel come back into the market? Because we know in the case of Apple, they bought a company that designs chips and they have them outsourced and manufactured by Samsung. I mean, who knows how long that's going to go on. But if we move to a tablet world and Intel doesn't have a product there, then that's certainly a problem. But I might argue that the death rate of the PC and the desktop um, if only just to have something that is able to be locked down in an office. I mean, a tablet is so hard for a you know an enterprise to manage for right. the bulk of people. Right. So I, I I don't know. I think that is a, the crux of the question. Well, you know, the last thing I would throw on the table is when you're looking for some guidance and you're looking for a little moral courage. Look at what the company's been doing with its dividends, and their dividends per share have been you know pretty decent. If you look at the history, 40, 45, 55, 55, 65, We haven't played Guess the Dividend in a while. No, we have Guess the Revenues coming up, though. Guess the Revenue. Uh, that's the tricky one. Well, you know, in the dividend, it's a it's a it's nearly a 4% yield yeah, at this price. Again, yeah. uh, that's pretty nice. telling you that they believe that they're not going down on the ship, or they really would be a little irresponsible to be raising the dividend um, in each of the last couple of years. So they're sending you a pretty clear signal. Story seems pretty logical. Technically, it looks great. You like the valuation. Yeah, and I like the uh, dividend coverage. 